Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the beautiful city of Manila in the Philippines. I'm traveling together with Brother Ren. Some of you that have been to the Back to Jerusalem meetings where Brother Yun has been a speaker, you will remember Brother Ren usually being the translator as well as sharing some information from the inside field. Thank you so much, Brother Ren, for joining us on the Back to Jerusalem podcast. Thank you, it's my joy. Yeah, it's great to be back. Um, one of the things that uh, I wanted just to share a little bit about was when we were discussing this morning, we had one of our um, dear friends, a pastor from Norway, and we were talking about um, the Back to Jerusalem training. And uh, he had mentioned something that I thought was really interesting, and that was some of the people that he's been working with in ministry, specifically with the Back to Jerusalem training, um, there was a group that felt that they wanted to be more involved in more like of a humanitarian. So they had started to work with, a, with a, um, uh, an organization, a local organization, that focuses not on the gospel, but purely on humanitarian work. And uh, that brought a really good discussion that uh, you, you had um, strong opinions about. Yes, yes, I do have it. Because I have seen it happen so many times, again and again. Uh, because the, the um, physical need of our generation is increasing all the time. So it's so easy that we forget that the, the complete help from God is only given through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to, we have to make sure that the gospel always has the majority in everything what we do. And then of course we look after the poor and the needy and hungry and thirsty and do what, whatever is taken. But it always goes from the platform of the gospel. What dangers do you see? I mean, it can't be a bad thing, right, to help the poor. Um, it can't be like, so today, for instance, the pastor that we were talking about from Norway, uh, he had half of his team really wanting to work with this local indigenous humanitarian group. And um, they focus on helping the poor, poverty alle alleviation, um, providing education for children, they, they do good things. They just don't do it with the gospel. What do you see as the, what, the weakness of that? In the weakness I see, because uh, when, when you go for the, uh, entirely on the humanitarian work, you start to receive uh, 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 funding, uh, resources from people who don't have the kingdom of God perspective in what they are doing. That means that uh, you will bring in uh, a strange word to use, but non-holy money into kingdom of God. And, um, and, and in the Old Testament, uh, there are examples. When God has uh, uh, very firmly told to his uh, servants that when you come to my presence, 
you you only bring my fire with you into the prison mm. if you bring some foreign fire into my temple or my tabernacle you die and that happened to the two sons of Aaron in the Bible uh, they were supposed to be the carriers of the pastors and leaders of spiritual leaders of the nation together with their father and two other brothers but two of them died just because they brought foreign fire into God and it's same with money even worse because uh, if the, the motivation uh, for those who donate is not love it's not concern for their souls it only is just oh we have to be merciful and we have to help people we are all like Jesus said poor, you have always poor people around here but the, and we cannot solve the problem of the poverty of the our generation uh, but we can help many people by bringing them to the source of help and that is Jesus Christ personally we bring them to the relationship with Jesus and that's why the gospel has to go first so if there are Christians that want to um, join with a, um, uh, a, a not a ministry but a NGO or a nonprofit organization because they can see that nonprofit organization is doing what they feel is good things um, maybe they're helping orphan children without the gospel mm. um, maybe they are helping um, uh, provide food for the homeless yeah. without yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Um, it, do you see a, a challenge with that? I, I see many challenges on that because we have to we have to bring help to the holy man, the whole man, in, uh, spirit and and body and and everything about their lives. But the transformation of their lives it doesn't start with that we provide uh, regularly food to them uh, only or uh, resources to build houses and live the transformation starts when king part of the kingdom of god is imparted into their home and they become believers of jesus mm. that uh, their eternity will be solved because of this the humanitarian work does not solve the, the problem of the sin in their lives and, uh, and addictions and all kind of things that have led them to that poverty. Uh, but uh, the gospel will uh, uh, lift them up from the pit and put them on the solid ground. They may continue to be poor people, but they have eternity in their hearts. Mm. This reminds me of some of the dilemmas that ministries have had throughout the years. We have seen that ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, we have run a charity um, uh, in China and, other, and done charity work in other parts of the world as well. There has been strings attached where governments or other organizations like what we do and they say we can help and we see this with churches in the West. We see this in churches in Europe that we can join together with the good things that your church is doing but in order to receive this funding for you to do that work you have to make an agreement not to proselyze mm. you have to make an agreement I'll give you an example um, you have spent quite a bit of time in Sweden um, if you look at 
uh, when the refugees in 2014, especially in 2015, were really coming in from the Middle East into Sweden, many churches were taking them in. But it was forbidden for them to share about Jesus with them. And in fact, there were some Lutheran churches that were known to hide the cross in the church so to not be offensive to the uh, refugees that were coming. And many of the Christians said, um, for us, we just want to serve and be loving to, these, to the people that are coming as refugees, make them feel wel welcome, make them feel loved, make them feel accepted. Um, we don't want to offend them right away. Mm. What, what would be your message then to, to uh, them? I understand uh, uh, what, uh, what you're talking about because it is what many people say, this is a pre-evangelist, pre-gospel yeah. uh, work. Yep. We, we prepare them for the gospel. But uh, I have not yet seen that to succeed anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. I have, but I have hundreds of testimonies about the gospel, how it immediately transformed people. It may be in the slum of uh, Manila, at the garbage dumps. God is building church there. And the people are totally filled with joy and, and purpose for life. And they receive supernatural help in their poverty. And God provides for them. So that one I have seen to work, but the pre-evangelistic, you can do 100 years and you are still pre-something. Yeah. Because you really don't allow the, the, the power of the gospel to transform people from inside. It's like uh, one uh, friend of mine went as a missionary to Africa and uh, he was so worried that people did not come to his uh, meetings and, and how, how do I get uh, 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 how do I get uh, them to come and listen to the gospel? So the gospel uh, transformed them. So he went to the market, and there were several uh, people who were selling or, or promoting something. And there was a political party who said that if you join us here today, write your name and your ID number, we will give you a, a new cult. Of course, it has the logo of the party, but it was fancy and it was really fancy and good. And this pastor who was the missionary was there and he, would, he had some gospel tracks and he had, and he wanted to talk to people and, 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 and share the gospel. Nobody wanted to listen. And he saw a long queue of people were getting a new jacket next door. Then suddenly he got the revelation. And he started to shout out with fullness of his voice. And he said, come to me and I will uh, tell you about someone who will put a new man into the old goat. goat. <laughs> he got the revelation. That's what the gospel is about. You become a new man and woman in Christ. Mm. And it always works. It is hard. It is not popular, but it is powerful. Yeah, you said something today saying that it doesn't make sense to the rational mind, that the gospel is foolish to the world. That's so much true. And, and, and of course, the, the, the reason why many organizations go into this trap just to do the social work is that you can approach anyone with any concepts and make them 
go on the guilty trip. You have so much. You should save off a bit and give to. We are doing something good here. But uh, it doesn't do good for that person who donates the money. It's not good for him. And it's not good for those who receive the answer. Because it's missing the kingdom element. Yeah. I, I think that what you said earlier is so true, which is you've seen so many people go the way mm. of trying to maybe hide the gospel or to do good works without the gospel. That's right. And the results are never good. Never um, good. One yeah. of the things that I was amazed, I watched, uh, I was watching the, the movie about the guy who started the band Queen mm. and he died of AIDS. Mm. And the end of the movie showed him um, at one of the largest fundraising events in the history of mankind, mm. which was called Live Aid. Yeah. And it was done in England, um, and it was just before this guy died. It was a kind of his last concert. And I was sitting there at the end of the movie, blown away, because they were able to raise money for a good cause. Mm. They raised more money than had ever been raised before. For what? Mm. For the poverty in Africa. Yeah. They raised millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Africa's still poor. It is. <laughs> the, it the, the, yeah, the, the, the people that they tried to help with that money yeah. weren't really transformed. I shared um, a, a, a study with, with you guys this morning. I'm going to share it with our podcast mm -hmm. listeners that may not have heard me share it before. I've shared about it several times on this podcast, but maybe some of you that are listening to this podcast now have not actually heard about it. Or maybe you, you thought about looking more into it, but have forgotten since. And let me remind you, right now we're doing this podcast in Manila, central, uh, the central capital of uh, the Philippines, or the metro capital of the Philippines. The capital is actually within Manila, but Manila is not the capital. Anyway, here in the Philippines, just a few years ago, Yale University had a professor that came and did a study here in the Philippines where they split up an island into four different groups to see does the gospel really make a difference or is it what the gospel people that believe in the gospel do and so what they did is for one year 52 weeks they had a four groups they had a study group a group that was not changed at all they didn't do anything that was the group that they would use for their main measurement to see if any of the things that they had done actually benefited or didn't benefit the people so the study group remained without any influence whatsoever and then they had a second group that received the gospel one hour a week for 52 weeks then they had a third group that received only um, good works type of training, let's say. Mm. Things that have to do with humanitarian, things that better your life, things that have to do with um, getting a better job. So the people were taught how to write a better resume for getting a job. They were taught how to do proper sanitation. They were given instruction for 52 weeks, one hour per week, new instructions on how to better their lives. Very mm. practical things. And then there was a fourth group that was divided into two where they would get 30 minutes of the gospel and 30 minutes of this practical application training. At the end of that 52 weeks, they looked at all the groups and the one that excelled more than everybody else with their economy, with their um, uh, emotional health, with their physical health, 
with the betterment of their living, with the hope for the future, all of the measurable variables that they looked at, mm. by far the group that only received the gospel mm. was higher than all the others, mm. which I think continues to show more and more throughout history that the, the impact of the gospel changes lives, transforms communities, and completely changes nations. Yeah, and I fully, I fully believe that that's a very correct uh, uh, report. And when it comes to poverty in, uh, in the world, it's a, at the bottom, I believe it's a mindset. It's a trap. And it can be a generational trap that the previous generation parents have been very poor, our children will be poor, we are poor people. But when gospel comes in, it changes your mindset. Because it changes, you get the new man inside. And it's that from within, you, God will give you ideas and give you uh, wisdom to start to come up from that pit where you have been so that your children are not going to be continue on that path anymore so that's why the gospel have to i fully agree on this if there is a emergency if there's an earthquake if there's a what flooding and like 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 something there there of course you first have to give them the emergency help but by doing that you already have a leeway with those people you can come back and you can share and they will surely even if you don't say it they will come to you why are you doing this mm. and then you have an answer it's yeah. not me it's about Jesus yeah. and that that brings the name of Jesus no I don't know why as a Christians and Christian organization why are we ashamed of the name of Jesus because that name is always going to be known as the name for an authority and just without limits everything is connected to that name and uh, and that's why we have to treasure the gospel yeah. in everything what we do yeah. we saw a big difference I think one of the most stark um, examples. We're sitting in a marketplace right now, so you'll hear water fountains around us. You'll hear um, different um, uh, noises and, and things that are that are around us at the moment. But um, you'll remember that uh, back to Jerusalem responded right away in Iraq when the when the terrorist group ISIS came invading in. And one of the things that I think really set us apart at Back to Jerusalem is that we didn't get caught up in doing the humanitarian work in the way that United Nations did, mm -hmm. in the way that NGO groups did. Um, uh, what we did was we provided the emergency aid, like you said. Mm -hmm. We did the food, the water, the cooking oil, the utensils, yeah. the first yeah. aid. Um, but we stayed there with missionaries. We stayed there with the gospel. And then we moved to the next phase of yeah. development relief work, yeah. um, which was sharing the gospel um, and then helping build the lives, starting some businesses. What we saw was 
different Christian groups, some of them went into the United Nations camps. Mm. In those United Nations camps, I've had friends that served in there, they were not allowed to share about the name of Jesus. Mm. They were only allowed to do, quote unquote, good works. Mm. Four years later, five years later, six years later, we were able to see the difference between the two, where the village that we worked in, even though it was small, our impact mm. rippled through the years, mm. where the people continued to grow independently. Mm. The people were able to find jobs and build lives for themselves. Yeah. 10 years after ISIS invasion, the United Nations ran out of money for those refugee camps in Iraq. Mm. Those refugees that lived in the camps only knew life of people giving them stuff for free yeah. every day. Yeah. And when that free stuff stopped, mm. they were just as helpless as they were the day they yeah. arrived. Yeah. Some of them worse, yeah. because the parents that arrived, they at least knew how to work and do things independently prior to ISIS invasion. Their children, though, did not. So the children that came in at 10 years old have been living in a refugee camp for 10 years. And they've only known a life where they are living on the donations of the United Nations. So at 20 years old, they don't have any skills. They don't have the transformation that takes place with the gospel. All of that felt like good work. But did it actually do good things? No, it did not. It's uh, somehow... Uh, and that is very, you have to be very, very careful with that because you have to know the moment when you have to change from the emergency help to truly impact their lives in another way as well. So that uh, otherwise our ongoing provision will become uh, uh, a trap for those people. And, uh, and, and it, uh, it maintains the poverty because the man is not changed. Uh, the circumstances are not changed. Uh, they, 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 they should be taught to, uh, to really work for them, themselves and, and we give them possibilities for that and resources to do that. And then we monitor that it works. And, and doing that, we will be able to lift them out uh, uh, from the problem. Yeah, the mindset is so important because like you said, um, it transforms the way of thinking. When the gospel comes in, your way of thinking, your way of acting, your way of living all get transformed. You can train a person how to get a job. Mm. You can train a person how to save money. You can train a person how to uh, come out of poverty. Yeah. But without that transformation of the mind, mm. they will always go back yeah. to the poverty. Right. Uh, and we see that with um, those individuals that are escaping from the poverty of communism, the poverty yeah. of atheism, the poverty of um, Islam. Yeah. And they make it into a Christian country or a country, let's say, maybe not a Christian country, but a country with Christian heritage, mm. where the mind of the forefathers were transformed and it's rippled through the generations to impact their lives as well. Yeah. When you get those individuals who come from those backgrounds and they stay, they, they know that I want to go to uh, a Christian country for economic reasons. I want to go to a Christian country for education reasons. 
but they get in those nations and they stay rooted in Islam. They yeah. stay rooted in Hinduism. They yeah. stay rooted in atheism. We see that their life doesn't transform as much and they're more easily fooled mm. by the world's logic yeah. of saying that, look how all of this was very bad and evil, mm. but you can choose to do something basically like your forefathers did, which led them into poverty in the first place. Mm. Um, I only say that because today we are having this conversation while right on, on the heels of uh, Israel being attacked by the Palestinians. Yeah. And so many Palestinians escaped from Palestine because of the life that they suffered under the Palestinian Authority, mm. under Hamas, mm. under the Islamic oppression. Yeah. And then they get to a place where they're able to benefit from the freedom that a Christian justice system gives them. Yeah. And today they still feel the Jews are their problem. Yeah. They are protesting in the streets of London, yeah, Paris, and, and New York. Hundreds of thousands, yeah. Because they still believe that they've gone back to their old way of thinking that brought about poverty in the first place. Yeah. The poverty of hate. Yeah. The, po the poverty of darkness, yeah. the poverty of lies. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And that is the, one of the biggest uh, challenges of our generation for, especially for the Christian church. How do we change this, what is happening in our societies where all these refugees and poor people have come uh, to our midst? In, uh, how do we, what do we do with them? How, how do we approach them? and trying to bring them to light in Christ. And I, I don't see any other uh, possibility. You have to go among them. You have to bring, somebody have to be bold enough to be and stand there for, for the gospel and share the gospel there. Yeah. But that's not popular in no. our, in our uh, countries. Yeah. And in fact, I would say that when the enemy comes, they know exactly how to communicate to Christians. Yeah. They don't tell the Christians, we are enemies of Christ. Mm. Instead, they come and they say, we want to help the poor. Yeah. We want to see the, the uh, oppression mm. of the minority people lifted. We mm. want to see the oppression of women lifted. Yeah. Um, and, and all of this sounds very good to the ear. But when you and the pastor were talking this morning, I was reminded of a Bible verse in 2 Corinthians that says this. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 13, you'll be very familiar with this. It mm. says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Mm. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers to be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Mm. Which is what you just said, basically. Which mm. is, if you want to know how successful this idea is mm. um, of trying to be secret gospel winners, mm. where we don't share anything about Jesus and only the love of Christ, um, you haven't really seen it be successful and I think that that's what Paul was saying in Absolutely. his second level letter Absolutely. to the Corinthians is that yeah. you will see it by the eventual re revelation yeah. of their works. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's why he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. And that is, that, uh, to be ashamed, ashamed of this gospel, I think that we as a Christians 
truly disciples of Jesus, we should always look into our own heart. Am I or am I not the same of, of the gospel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the things that you and I have been doing for the last couple of days is traveling together with a very dear pastor friend of ours from China. Mm -hmm. And this um, pastor friend was together with me mm -hmm. in uh, Iraq. And I remember distributing humanitarian aid, uh, giving out food and rice and cooking oil. Yeah. And he loved it. Yeah. He loved it. But his mind was always set on the gospel. And his view was this, this is good but what are we doing to bring the gospel to ISIS? Yeah. Uh, his his yeah. view was always on preaching the gospel. That is the yeah. primary focus. Yeah. That yeah. brings about poverty alleviation. That yeah. brings about the yeah. removal of uh, individuals that feel like they have been oppressed by yeah. the ruling class. Yeah. There's no oppression in the kingdom. Even yeah. if you are oppressed, you yeah. have freedom from that. Yeah. Even if you are in prison, you have freedom from that. Where the gospel is, there is freedom. Man, yeah, so, I believe that fully. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us, thank you, uh, Brother joy. Ren. And yeah. I think that this was a, a really good topic to share with our, our listeners. Mm, I um, believe so. For Back to Jerusalem. And I want to thank you, you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I pray that this has been as much of a blessing for you as it has been for us. Again, I'm Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of the Philippines. God bless you.